Hello, Caroline. Welcome to another episode of The Wife Who, the podcast where we talk about women that did stuff that we think is interesting. I think that about sums it up, right? (laughs) Yeah, interesting, awesome, unusual... There's lots of adjectives. Yeah. I mean, and and actually someone on social media, someone from Canada posted on our Facebook post um, about the coronavirus queen from Glasgow. And she was like, who are you ladies? And what are your parameters? (laughs) And I was like, come on, we don't don't really have any parameters. Actually, just women. Yeah, just women that we think are fun and interesting and that we kind of want to share with the world. And maybe we already should have heard of them. Usually we haven't heard of them. And then later we're ashamed about it. (laughs) So... <laughs> That's what oh, this can we podcast. also just say we yeah. are very excited to have people to engage with on oh, social word, media. Yes. We never thought this would happen. No, it's so exciting. And there are people listening from all over the world. You know, not many people, but we're just so delighted. And we had a request for a new a woman that we should talk about this week. Did you see that? I don't know if I did. I think did. that was on our uh, Facebook page. And someone commented um, that they listened to our recent episode and they would like to request. I'm not going to spoil it because I think if you haven't seen it i'm totally okay. gonna take this one and do it for you but we'll I'm do not that i'm gonna go and look for that post i'm gonna let yeah. you do that that's very exciting yeah it is um so yeah guys we are delighted that anyone is listening and we love to hear from you we love suggestions and if you've got stories that you'd like to tell us um about amazing women that you know or anything really we love a good anecdote as we've said before so and actually uh, thank you anyone that's clicked like on our facebook page that seems to be going really well too and even instagram so we are at the underscore wife underscore who and actually we're about to have a rebrand aren't we um so by the time we release this episode we'll have a new logo and so yeah we're starting to look a bit professional louise it's getting a bit worrying we're doing our best <laughs> i love it so thank you guys and um yeah, I'm Caroline and you're Louise. I mean, we've already said hello to each other, but it never hurts to remind ourselves who we are. Um, <laughs> and other than that, I think I just want to say that I'm super excited about tonight's episode because it's your turn to do one, which is always great. Um, and I've had a really weird week. I feel like I've had a kind of a rubbish week at work you know just so many meetings just so much to do and I feel really drained and it is hot it is so hot and I wanted to be outside and I'm just stuck in the house sweating and I was like oh my god I just did a glass of wine and to come and sit here with you and be surprised by a wife who I almost certainly have never heard of so I'm so excited for for those of our listeners who don't live in Britain we have had one of our uh, six days of summer today so we only (laughs) have six hot days a year one one of them was today and it was very hot yeah it's too uh, hot brit brits can't really cope with this heat um no but it sounds like caroline you need to hear about an awesome woman yes. who's gonna raise your spirits oh it sounds like she's gonna you sound excited about it so i'm i'm definitely excited i've been excited all week researching Ooh. this woman and <laughs> i have to give a big shout out to vicky my Greek friend, because it's mm-hmm. thanks to her that I even heard about her. Oh. Vicky suggested it's someone I look into. And I'm so pleased I did. And I just want to say again, if we have any Greek listeners, I really hope I can do this woman justice for you. Because probably all of you know about this woman, know her story. So let's just hope that A, I get the facts right. And B, that it's a, a nice story to listen to. 
Well, all those hundreds of thousands of Greek listeners that we have, I hope you'll all write in and school us on anything that isn't 100% accurate. I'm sure you're going to do a great job, though, Lua. I can't wait. Well, here we go, Caroline. So this episode is about the wife who, as a Greek female naval commander, took on the Ottoman Empire. (gasps) Oh, wow. Oh, my word. Huge. That's amazing because it sounds like it's around the same time as Gertrude Bell and also another woman who I've been researching this week who was also military and to do with the Ottoman. I'm very excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, her name, let's get her name right, is Laskarina Bubulina. I have actually asked Vicky, our you know Greek inspiration for this, to send us a little recording uh, to you know, give us the right pronunciation. So here's Vicky now telling us how to pronounce her name. The correct way to pronounce her name is Lascarina Bubulina. Fantastic. Thank you, Vicky. There we go, guys. So, Caroline, it appears that this is another, because there's many of them, badass woman of history who I, and I'm guessing lots of others outside of Greece, just don't really know that much about. You hadn't heard her name? No. And I find myself asking, why hasn't there been some huge blockbuster film made about this woman? I think there was a film made in Greek, Ah. probably for a Greek audience, but I don't know how much audience it got outside of Greece. And after you hear this story, I think we're going to ask questions. So we're going to go right back to the beginning, before she was born, which might make this a slightly long episode. Apologies in advance, guys, but stick with me because she is worth it. So her father was a sea captain and he'd been involved in a rebellion called the Orlov Revolution, which was a failed rebellion against Ottoman rule. And just for context, there's probably a lot of people out there that know a lot about the Ottoman Empire. Um, I'd forgotten a lot of it from school, but it is it was one of the largest, most powerful and longest lasting empires in the history of the world. Yeah, It was founded in 1299. So it had been going on a long time by the time that our wife came into the world. It included the areas we now know as Turkey, Egypt, Greece, Bulgaria, Romania, Macedonia, Hungary, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and parts of the Arabian Peninsula and North Africa. Huge. Yeah, because this was when, um, of course, uh, Gertrude and various other diplomats, basically the colonial lot France and us Britain we, we we all went in and tried to carve it up eventually didn't we and that's where we get a lot of sort of issues today because we created some arbitrary sort of borders and things didn't we so exactly especially in Africa yeah and you know a lot of Greeks hated this Ottoman rule especially Bubalina's father so he takes part in this rebellion it was started by the Russians who basically just wanted more land, but it included a lot of Greeks who wanted their independence. But unfortunately, the rebellion is crushed and Bubalina's father is imprisoned in a Turkish jail. But you will be pleased to know that what we understand in modern day times as conjugal visits, they were alive and well in the 1700s. Um, (laughs) Bubalina was conceived in jail during one of these visits. Uh, Good old conjugal visits. I know. Where would we be without them? (laughs) Uh. 
So uh, nine months later, Bubalina is born in that same prison she was conceived in. Ugh. Wait, oh, yeah. So she's born there. Wait, so her mum is in the prison. So her mum is visiting her her husband in prison. When she gives birth. Yeah, so she's... Wow. uh, Bubalina (laughs) is conceived in jail. And then when her mum is visiting later, (laughs) Bubalina is born in jail. What a start to life. (laughs) I know. Born in chains. And... You know, let's just remind ourselves of this era that she's growing up in, right? You know what? I have failed people because I haven't even given you the date. (laughs) The 11th of May, 1771. Oh, that's even earlier than I thought. I see. So she's born in 1771. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's quite important, the dates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, middling. (laughs) (laughs) For other people, it's important. For you and me, we just want the drama, yeah, don't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. We just want the crack, the gossip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have touched on this era a few times already in our podcast. So there was Mary Wollstonecraft, who I told yeah. you about. Mm-hmm. And this era that she's growing up in, it's the time of the Enlightenment and the French Revolution. So not only is Bubalina becoming familiar with this idea that liberation might actually be achievable for Greece, as demonstrated by the French. But she also never forgets that it was the Turks who took her father away. So Mm. she always remembers this. So she grows up. She is living on an island called Spetses. That's where her her mum went to live back. So her mum remarried and I think had more children. And I think Bubalina ruled the roost because she was the eldest even though she was probably, you know, she was half-sister to the others. She grows up. She marries, I think, her first husband when she's about 17. She has two husbands in her time. Okay. And they are both sea captains, like her father. Mm. Unfortunately, they do both die, but they end up leaving her land, ships, and wealth. Mm. Not bad. I know. And, like, she comes out of it pretty well. It's the second husband, who's called Demetrius Bubuli who she has to thank for her name. Okay. So she, I guess she becomes Bubalina from Bubuli. Yeah. But, you know, they both died fighting pirates. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's quite exciting. Sea captaining thing, this mm. business, is obviously quite dangerous. Yeah, and actually, this is the same period as um, Jean Barre, who we talked about as well, isn't it? And um, they were all terrified of pirates out in the open yeah. seas. Apparently, I mean, this is a, perhaps a little bit gory, Perhaps men, if there's any men listening to this, like close your ears now. But apparently pirates were um, renowned for taking men prisoner and turning them into eunuchs was a thing. Oh, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. So if they didn't kill you, it could be worse. Oh, and I guess if you were a woman, you were just... You were yeah, raped. we all know the other thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1811, at 40 years old, she is widow for a second time by this point she has seven children seven and seven children children. oh my Uh god can you imagine (laughs) and land and fortune all right so she's got a bit of her own personal empire going on there by the sound of it exactly right what we're going to go on to discuss will i think prove in bubalina's case i mean 
I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, phrase, as we know it, applies to her, that life begins at 40, because <laughs> she is about to get seriously badass. Okay. And she's free to become badass. You know, her children are all a bit older. She is a single woman, so, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's kind of, it feels a little unusual. You know, normally it's when when these women are young and sort of uh, carefree and independent and haven't haven't had to be bound to anything yet is normally when they have these sort of adventures. But she actually leads a relatively sort of conventional life until she's 40 then by the sound of it. Exactly, yeah. Mm. And then, like the phoenix, she rises. So she does this, first of all, by investing and building the foundations of a naval empire. So she's thinking big and she wants ships. Wow. She is a partner in several trading vessels. And then she commissions the construction of four of her own ships. Oh. Go on, lass, right? You know, well, she's thinking yeah. big. That's no small undertaking. And I mean, I, I imagine she oversaw all the details. I, I can't picture a woman, a, an independent woman with no husband, just giving a ton of money to some random guy and going, oh, yeah, if you feel like it. She would have paid attention to exactly what was going on and controlled exactly. it, I bet, right? Yeah, and I reckon as we get further into her story, you'll see, you'll see why. Great. So, as I said, she's so she's partner in several trading vessels. She commissions the construction of four of her own ships, and she is becoming a big and powerful naval commander. But guess who doesn't like this? Well, um, men in general. No, wait. Her dad <laughs> is her dad still alive? No. Remember? Was, oh, what I didn't say was her dad unfortunately died in jail. So, oh yeah because you said her mum remarried yeah that's right exactly so she okay. um she never really got to build a relationship with her father because i think he died in jail okay so no i'll tell you who doesn't like this the ottomans oh. they do not like this one bit why are they paying attention well <laughs> she is the widow of a naval commander as in Bubali, mm. who had fought against them with the Russians, just like her father. So her husbands kind of like mirrored um, her father's role and were fighting against the Ottoman Empire. I see. And I guess they see that she is, so she's the widow of someone they they consider a traitor and she's amassing all of this power. She's got all of this wealth. She's becoming this naval commander. So in 1816, they want to confiscate all of this wealth, the (gasps) land, and the ships she's worked hard for that she has but don't you worry don't you worry caroline (laughs) she's in charge so she apparently she goes to constantinople which we now know as istanbul istanbul Mm -hmm. and she meets with a russian ambassador and Mm. she demands russian protection so i think the greeks are really bound up with the russians in all of this because uh the the russians and the greeks were often fighting together in these rebellions to try and overthrow the the Ottoman Empire, you know, the Russians wanted more land. The Greeks just wanted their land. But they were kind of bound up with, with, with the rebellions together. Yeah. So she, you know, she meets with this Russian uh, ambassador, asks, oh, she demands protection. So the ambassador saves her from arrest by granting her asylum in Crimea. Hmm. But before she leaves, she does something very savvy and very shrewd. 
So she figures she can't reason with the ego of a man, as in the sultan who wants all of her ships and cash. So she decides instead to meet with his mother. Okay. And she charms the she charms the ass off this woman, Caroline. Wow. Good thinking. And it means she only has to spend three months in Crimea because the mother ends up forcing the hand of her son to sign a royal decree that agrees never to touch her wealth. Right. So I don't know how how she managed to do this, but clearly the mother of the Sultan loved Bubalina. Well, yeah, and everybody knows, you know, all boys are, you know, they're mommy's boys at heart. You, if you want to totally. get to the soul of things and make them do something, you go and tell you on them to, to their mother, mother, don't you? <laughs> I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> Fantastic. Good for her. <laughs> I know. But she she has to kind of strike a bargain with um, his mother. So she promises that if a Turkish woman was ever in need, she would never refuse that need. Okay. And she lives to fulfill this pledge later on. Now, another pretty sneaky thing she does whilst in Constantinople is to become a member of the secret organisation. I'm going to attempt to pronounce this and it's going to be awful. <laughs> Have uh, we not got a Vicky for this? <laughs> I, I really, I should have got Vicky to pronounce it half like... of this story for you. <laughs> uh, go on. Um, so this secret organisation, I think it's called the Feliki Etarea. Okay. And it means the Society of Friends. So these guys are secretly preparing for the Greek Revolution against the Ottoman Empire. And I'm guessing they know that they're onto a good thing if they've got Bubalina on their side. Hmm. So uh, she makes, you know, she obviously uh, joins them. She then goes to Crimea. Three months later, she's allowed back to Spetses. And on her way back, she buys guns and ammunition and she hides it all in her house. And another thing she does around this time is she builds her own personal warship. <laughs> so she stashed a bunch of guns and ammo inside her house and she uh -huh. built a warship. I mean, I wonder what, uh, what path she might be on here. <laughs> <laughs> Where could this be going, I wonder? <laughs> it's certainly I'm... suspicious as heck, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, you know, what do we know? Caroline, about the general naming of ships. Uh, Let's just think about, we'll talk about her ship for a minute. Well, they're usually named after women, right? Exactly, right? Okay. So, what do we think she calls Oh, tell me ship? she calls it like, you know, Demetrius. <laughs> she gives it a man's name, but not only that, she gives it the name of a character from Greek mythology. Oh. So her ship is called the Agamemnon. Oh, nice. Strong. I know. Very good. Yeah. It is completed in 1820, and it is the biggest warship under Greek control at the time. <laughs> it has 18 cannons. Yes. I know. Go, girl. Go, girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and by eight, 1821, she has five ships, and more importantly, she has an army to fight and the army is made up of men from Spetses. so she is you know she's amassing her power and she's amassing her military she's creating maybe. a rebellion here like nobody's business she really is she's determined mm. the turks are done it is time <laughs> so in early 1821 the greek war of independence starts 
and on April the 3rd, 1821, the Spetses Navy, which is made up of merchant ships, became the first naval force to enter the revolution. And Bubalina is right there at the heart of it. She's commanding eight vessels and she's so psyched for war that 12 days before the war started, Bubalina is the first to raise the revolutionary flag. So she's flying this modified Greek flag from the nice. mast of the Agamemnon. Yes. Yes, the best warship that anybody's got. And we're <laughs> flying the flag of rebellion. Revolution! <laughs> she's so ready. Badass. <laughs> and she kicks ass. So she creates a naval blockade against three cities and she captures two of those cities. Sadly, she loses her eldest son in battle at oh. Argos or Argose. Mm. Um, but she became friends and family through the marriage of um, her child and this guy's child. He's called General Theodros Kolokotronis. Uh, Vicky, where are you? Kolokotronis. Kolokotronis. Okay. Well Theodros Kolokotronis. So he's apparently one of the most prominent figures of the Greek War of Independence. And she is enmeshed with him because, you know, uh, their children become married. All right. And they're in the war together. And what's really interesting, you know how we said that um, when these ships are being built, that she's really involved in that. You know, she's not just kind of paying people to do this thing that she wants nothing to do with. Within this uh, rebellion, she's considered an equal of the other generals when they're planning strategy. Awesome. So, I mean, is she literally on these ships? So is she like standing in the bow of the ship or the stern yeah. or whatever? I don't she's know like, what bit. She's but... a naval commander. Wow. She's absolutely a naval commander in the thick of the war. Awesome. And, it, you know, who did we talk about in our last podcast, which was the woman who ended up sailing around the world? What was Jean her name? Barre, and she was 1700s as well. That was it. And yeah. didn't we say that around that time, ooh, women are even allowed on ships, you know, there's this stupid yeah, kind as, of as phobia. wives of some officers in some countries, they were, yeah, but it was pretty rare. Really rare, right? And here we've got mm -hmm. this Greek woman who is commanding a naval army. So yeah. she, well, she owns it. I mean, she owns half this army. So she's totally. damn right she's going to be stood on the deck with her brandishing her steel in the air. I could just picture it now. Amazing. Yeah. With, with her skirts flapping in the wind behind her. Like, oh, lovely. Somebody, somebody paint us a picture, please. I was going to say, hopefully <laughs> some of the pictures that we can upload to our website for you of this episode, there is lots of naval imagery of Bubalina, I think, from oh, what I've yes. seen. Oh, I can't wait. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, in September 1821, she witnesses the fall of Tripoli. So Tripoli is this one battle, isn't it, that we all kind of are familiar with, probably from school history. Like, at least it was the one battle that I had heard of. I wish I could agree, but God, my history is dreadful. I'm sorry, you're going to have to school me. Well, so Tripoli is considered the headquarters of the Turkish. Um, after Tripoli falls, there is this huge massacre. So... You know, let's think Khaleesi and her dragon in that final season of Game of oh, Thrones. Oh, wow, that level, her. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. Apparently, one figure I read was about 25,000 bodies littering the streets. Oh, my God. Okay. But but remember that Bubalina made a promise to that sultan's oh. mother mm -hmm. years ago, like about six years ago, promising that if any women, any Turkish women needed her, 
she would do as what you know what was required yeah and... f- forget turkish men though men and children off your pop but women <laughs> we have a place for you <laughs> i like it the, i mean the children uh, might have been involved as well but the men definitely were, they can figure their own for. way right you can go your own way guys <laughs> so she saves all the women of the uh, tripoli sultan's household after oh, wow. the the sultan's wife asks her for help so these are some of the only people that are left alive i think jeez the women of the household. Whoosh. Yeah, so she keeps her promise. So after the fall of Naphleon and Tripoli, she bears witness to this creation of the new Greek state. It's called the First Hellenic Republic. And she lives in Naphleon, which becomes the Greek capital. And things should have been awesome, right? Because it's been a you know a successful rebellion and They've got their, their country back in many ways. Just like, you know, Brexit, Britain, we get our country back. Well, yeah, but minus 25,000 people from before. I mean, it's a little different to Brexit. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Tripoli. But we're talking Greece, you know? Okay. The Greek Revolution has been successful and they've managed to overthrow the Ottoman Empire. But do you remember from the French Revolution that, you know, they get rid of the royal family, but things are not smooth after that, are they? That's right. And the people that end up in charge, of course, there's there's always fighting beyond that. And everyone wants a piece of the, the power. So there's this civil war between the different Greek factions. And that general I told you about, Kolokotronis, so one of the heroes of the revolution, he's imprisoned. And Bubalina is arrested twice because of her association with him. Right. So I felt... It was pretty tragic because she's given everything to this revolution in the way of her bravery, her fortune. Hmm. And she's basically just sent back to Spetses in exile. And she's absolutely broke at this point. She's spent all her money on the Greek revolution. Yeah. So a year goes by and I think the Ottomans and the Egyptians start to kind of build a pact that they're going to try and overthrow the Greeks. Uh, so she's basically asked to raise a fleet once again. So I think what happens is, you know, there's all this infighting. And then when they realise the Ottomans and the Egyptians are rising up against them, they're like, oh, wait, we better stop the fighting and we better try and do what we did back then and rise up again. So Kolokotronis is released from jail and he, I think, asks uh, Bubalina to raise a fleet again. So you would think, oh, here we go again. It's going to get really exciting. But mm. actually, this is this is where it starts to get really sad. So, well, but she's run out of money and everything, though. So she has no money. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to raise a fleet, but she yeah. doesn't actually get the opportunity to do that uh, for what is really sad domestic reasons. So one of the sons that she has left has eloped with a girl from a local family. So apparently, that family didn't want their daughter marrying into this incredibly courageous and famous family. Because they were poor. Mm. So can you believe it? So she is, she's been at the heart mm. of liberating Greece. She gave everything to the cause. But because now she's poor, this family are like, oh, we can do better than you guys. So, well, that was how people had to get by, though, back in those days, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, what about marrying for love, though? Oh. I know. Well, they elope, her son and the daughter, and... Um, one morning, the, the family of the daughter come round to confront Bubalina and her oh family. And they're, they're looking for the girl. 
And Bubalina is stood on her balcony and she's having an argument with them. She's really giving it some. <laughs> I and bet. then she's shot in the head and she what? dies. Yeah. Uh what? Uh, but over a, over her children. Her wait what she didn't even do anything after she'd exactly. been in the war and the what wait? Exactly. What? No. No. That's what I mean. It's so, she is robbed. Uh, her life is robbed because of this stupid domestic pointlessness. Wow. That is, I mean, it's almost so ridiculous. It's almost sublime, you know. It's wow. She's uh, a naval commander. She defeated the Ottoman Empire <laughs> and then she's shot in the head by a bullet from a Raji neighbor. Yeah, Raji, some Chava lives around the corner. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Wow. Oh. So it, that's the tragic end. So she dies uh, May the 22nd, 1825. Now, she has quite the legacy after this. Oh, yeah? After her death, the Russian Tsar, Alexander II, gave her the honorary rank of Rear Admiral of the Russian Navy. Okay, very nice. So I, I guess this is because the Russians were involved in the Greek War of Independence as well. Because it's you know it's not the Greeks that award her this title; it's the Russian, okay, the Russians. But she is the first woman to ever hold this title, and apparently, until very recently, she was the only woman to Ooh. hold this title in the history of the world. Wow, I don't suppose is it too much for me to ask you what you mean by until recently? Do we do we know yeah. who? So um, I kept reading a number of sources saying until recently, until recently, and I wanted to know. Well, how recently? Are we talking 2015? Mm. Are we talking 1999? Yeah. And I couldn't find out, but I get the feeling it's like the last 20 years yeah. that maybe that's yeah. changed. Interesting. Um, mm. Which means 1825 to, let's say if it was 2000, it's a long time to, oh, God, to hold yeah. that title, isn't it? Amazing. And I think she is considered a national hero in Greece uh, for a for years before Greece entered the uh, or took on the currency of the euro, she was featured on a coin and oh, a note. Oh right! Oh wow! Yeah, That's on the big Greek time. currency, it's mm. huge. And apparently, one hundred years later, Bubalina's great granddaughter. Let's see if I can get this pronunciation right. Uh, Lina Karagianis. That sounds more Italian. So sorry, Greeks. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but so her great granddaughter becomes another national hero against Nazi invasion. Oh. So I think she led a resistance organization called Bubalina. Oh. Yeah, because she, she was the original resistance. She was. So she was still remembered. Amazing. That and is the story of Lascarina Bubalina. If she hadn't done all of that revolutionary. Uh, naval activity then her legacy wouldn't have led to this uprising later down the line either would it so yeah she really did have a lasting impact what an amazing woman wow i know and i read you know various things that were like after this greek revolution schools were set up in greece that then women were allowed to attend that it was the results of the greek revolution that led to the start maybe of you know the emancipation the education of women so i think she her role in that revolution her role was huge and the results of the revolution were huge for women as well that's amazing wow 
And but so yeah, it definitely sounds like uh, Greek people are well aware of her. But I definitely had never heard of her. Never even heard of a figure anything like her actually. And I suspect we're going to have a lot of listeners who won't ever have heard of her too. So. Good find. Yeah. And thank you, Vicky, for bringing thank her you, Vicky. to her attention. Yeah. It's Greek heroine. Yeah. And that's two Greek heroines now because, of course, we had Agnadiki. Oh, I still don't know how Agnadiki. to pronounce that. Sorry, Vicky. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've been to Greece twice now. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was really fun to uh, discover this this particular woman. Definitely no films. Like, just that Greek one that you mentioned. Just the... No, no signs of any upcoming blockbusters starring Nicole Kidman or Tilda Swinton? No, no? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I think there are songs about this woman. Oh, really? I think, I think in Greece, there's a lot of culture. Um, Fab. You know, I think there's been plays about her, a documentary film, a Greek fiction film. That's the one called Bubalina. Um, so, yeah, I think she has featured in various uh, cultural things in Greece but yeah it just doesn't we just don't hear about it do we outside of of Greece no it's amazing it's really interesting when you start to look into you know the 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 type of women that we're kind of interested in and you start to look in different countries and it's it's amazing how they just so often don't seem to cross over into English-speaking knowledge somehow I know it's criminal but, you know, that's why we're doing this, is to learn about these women who are just really cool to know about, who did great things. So thank you again. I guess that's enough for another episode of The Wife Who. Unless you had anything else, final thoughts you want to add for the week, Louise? No, I'm done. I, you know, <laughs> you did good research. Time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you did good this week. Did you use any particular sources that we should reference? Wikipedia? <laughs> there was Wikipedia, but I still think Wikipedia wasn't all that great for right. the life of Bubalina. So, you know, it's just lots of different things reading around on the internet. Cool. Interest, interestingly, there's not a lot of podcasts about her. So, hmm. you know, the woman I did a, a while ago, uh, Julie Daubigny. Daubigny. There was a, a lot, too many podcasts on her. Like, it was overwhelming. Um, but with Lascarina, there wasn't actually that many. Right. And we've got some, you said, illustrations that we can share on the website. So yes. we'll do that. Awesome. Yeah. The one I'm looking at, she has like a hand on a hip and she's pointing out to sea. And yes. she has this really strong, stern look on her face. As yeah, she she's does. like, this <laughs> is what's happening. <laughs> is she wearing a skirt out of interest? She didn't like wear britches or anything. No, it looks like this green skirt, uh, like fashion wise, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at describing, but it looks like she's wearing a cardigan that exposes all of her chest with a white blouse underneath it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which kind of stops just underneath the bus line. Um, Then she has this red belt and then this green skirt underneath and she's wearing a headdress. Right. So is it like Empire Line, like... um straight down from just under the like chest area yes yeah regency uh-huh. stuff awesome yeah. cool oh yeah we'll definitely share that um on the website so keep an eye out for that guys well thank you very much so this has been another episode of the wife who thank you so much louise thank you vicky as well and um we'll see you next time yeah we'll see you for caroline's episode next i think yeah no spoilers but yeah me next <laughs> good night 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 guys bye bye